Hey, welcome to the Stephanie Stevens Show, where I help you discover the power of communication and the keys that unlock the doors to freedom in every area of your life. Well, hello, my dear sweet friend. As always, it is wonderful to spend a few minutes of your day with you. Thank you for allowing me to. Today, we're going to talk about autism and this thing called perseveration. Big word. Not so fancy of a word, just really a big word. And it means the patterning or the looping or the getting stuck on pieces of information. You will run into this most likely if you have a loved one with autism or if you care for someone with autism or related conditions. So we are going to get into it just a little bit today, unpack what perseveration looks like in autism and explain how we can jump the hurdle of some perseverative behaviors. First, I want to thank you again for sharing this podcast with those that you think may benefit from the content. Also, thank you so much for rating it. It's If you haven't yet, if you could just take literally 10 seconds when you're done listening to go ahead and rate, that would be so helpful. I do understand that it allows other people to find us and this content. So that would be incredible. And then also, if you take a moment, just subscribe, just hit that little subscribe button, boop, just like that, one second, that's all it'll take. If you would do that, I'd be so grateful because that will alert you to new podcasts, new episodes when they come available. I'm also so excited, my friend. I am going to be interviewed by Sam Crowley. Sam Crowley is the generator of the podcast Every Day is Saturday. He is a phenomenal communicator, an expert podcaster. He's been doing this for over a decade. He's got over 4 million downloads. I'm just so thrilled to be chatting with him and I have told him no subject is off limits and so this should be very interesting. It's going to be recorded in video form as well. So I will be kicking this out on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, which is brand new. I don't have any videos there yet. This is going to be one of the introductory videos on the YouTube podcast platform. Am I ready to get into video? I don't think so. Am I going to do it anyway? You better believe it. Um, what do we say? We stretch. If I were comfortable, it would be there would be something wrong. I got to move beyond what is necessarily comfortable. And so do you. So no, I'm not ready for it. I'm going to do it anyway. And then it, it starts getting easier and easier, you know. So that interview is actually happening tomorrow and then we will just package it and kick it on out into the stratosphere and I'm excited to share that with you. He is really, really a smart, funny guy and so I'm actually very excited to share him. He names his podcast Every Day is Saturday. It's a, There's a very interesting story behind the name of his podcast and something I can really really identify with, and you will probably be able to identify with it as well. All right, onward to the subject of the day. I have a beloved son. He just turned 26 last week. His name is Benjamin, and he has a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder, ASD. It used to be called, well, they, in some circles it's called DD or developmental disorders. All of these acronyms, blah, 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 blah. I don't like labels, which is why I say a diagnosis of autism, because the reality is nobody has really pinpointed what exactly autism or related conditions are other than neurological and or developmental disabilities. That's it. There are a lot of theories behind how it's caused, why it exists. Um, that's for another day. I've spoken very briefly on that in my introductory videos regarding my story, my backstory, and my history with autism, research, 
uh, litigation, legislation, you name it. But I do have my own theories. They do include toxins, environments, a far, far, far too heavy vaccine load in too short a period of time. You know, when you inject 36 diseases into a tiny little body, 8 pound, 10 pound, 12 pound, 24 pound body, the immune system's got to kick back somehow. Not everyone's immune systems can endure that toxic load. But those are my conspiracy theories and I get to share them. <laughs> so anyway, onward. This idea of perseveration. Here's why I want to talk to you about it. Because it's something that in my journeys with my son, we have dealt with, uh, of course, throughout the course of time. And it's about how the brain of an individual with what we know to be autism works. So I'm sharing with you just a personal situation with my son. There are things that he perseverates on and gets hung up on because he's got a feedback loop in his brain that gets stuck in these neural pathways and patterns. It's very common. One of the things that happens to be pretty typical of the brain that experiences autism or what we know to be autism is that there's this phenomenal memory recall. And oftentimes, individuals have extraordinary gifts. I'll give you a couple of examples. My son has what's called perfect pitch in terms of his vocals. He can match any song's key and pitch almost perfectly. We discovered this years ago when he was in a school for kids with autism. Really innovative idea, really great uh, school. I was a part of that for many years. We started to do school plays. And as they developed these school plays for these kids, a way for them to share their own forms of art and their own gifts and talents, we noticed a handful who could sing anything that they were given. They could hear a song and they could repeat the song in the same key with perfect pitch. And it was incredible. They had never been given any vocal instruction. They had never been given any vocal lessons of any kind. Uh, they could just do it. So my, my son actually has that gift. And it's beautiful and it's extraordinary. Many of them have the gifts of this memory recall where they can remember things that have happened or names of people or um, uh, circumstances or situations or people or places or things that most you and I, we, our brains would have filtered that out and tucked that far, far away a long ago. My son remembers things and people from his past that I don't even remember. He'll, he'll bring up the name of a therapist that he had when he was four or five years old that I completely forgot about. And he'll talk about what kind of car they drove. He'll talk about some of the things that they said. I won't even remember that this person existed. And these are the kinds of things that this mind is able to do. There are other types of gifts, and you have seen them and heard of them in the form of autism or autistic savant. I don't know that we use that word anymore. Again, a lot of the, this language has changed over the course of time. But these are people with extraordinary artistic gifts, drawing gifts, creative gifts, uh, songwriting, singing. Um, there are kids who can hear a piece of classical music and sit down on a piano and play it. Their brains register that kind of data to such fine detail to the degree that they can literally sit down without any piece of written music in front of them and play it. It's extraordinary, the gifts. 
artwork as well. I've seen photographs and sketches of of uh, people who, with the diagnosis of autism, who will see a photograph of a city and they'll sketch it out in the finest of detail. It's just this photographic type memory. It's incredible. Now, not every person with a diagnosis of autism has those gifts. Okay, there's a there's a small percentage that do, and it's extraordinary. Um, But one thing that happens to be common is getting looped into repetitive behaviors. That's what we call perseveration or perseverative behaviors, repetition, wanting to hear the same song over and over and over and over and over again, or singing the same song over and over and over and over and over again, reciting feedback from a movie that they heard, a scene where they can actually recite the full scene, all characters' dialogue. And they'll do that over and over again in a repetitive behavior. That's called scripting. And there's a theory that they do that oftentimes when they're looking to communicate and find the words. But because language processing is challenging, they don't have the words for the context of the situation that they want to communicate to you. So they'll pull it from something they've heard before, like a show or a movie scene or a song lyric. They'll pull that out and they'll speak that or sing that or script that movie scene. And you'll determine that, oh man, they're, this is actually what they're looking to communicate with me. They want to do this particular thing or they have this particular idea or they feel this particular way, but they're unable to say, I feel confused right now, or I feel concerned about something right now. So they'll pull a script or a scene out of a movie where one of the characters is concerned about something. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it brilliant? But because there are oftentimes limitations in communications, they have adapted and found these brilliant ways to communicate. One of the things I'm dealing with with my son right now is this idea of traveling when it's wintertime where we live. Why? Because we've done that for the last couple of years. We have family that spends time in warm places when it's cold where we live. And so we have gone to visit them over the last couple of years. So when we started to sneak into the middle of what we know to be summer here where I live, he started talking about winter. And I thought, well, this is curious. Why are we talking about winter? So I would say, but buddy, let's enjoy summer. Today is summer, so let's let's look at the green grass and the blue sky and the green trees and the fields growing food. And you know, I would I would try to redirect. That's called redirecting, redirecting the attention. Because he started, I noticed, to perseverate daily on. It's still summer. It's not winter. Winter is coming. It's not winter. It's still summer. I thought this is odd. Why are we why are we talking about this now? Okay, so as summer went on and we we're starting to approach fall which in where in the state that we live, the leaves start turning colors, they start falling off the trees, it starts getting a little cooler, the colors start popping on all of the um, trees and bushes and shrubs. And you know, the landscape totally starts to change. And it's beautiful. It's one of the reasons I love being in a place where there are seasons. It's because of the change. Well, the change for him signifies what? That winter is coming. And what happens during the winter? In my son's mind, here's what happens in winter now. We travel. We travel to the warm places to see family. (laughs) Why? Because we've done it a couple of times. And so here's what I want to share with you. In a mind that works this way, in a brain that works this way, there there are things that become patterns when they happen a couple of times. 
So because for three years we went in a row, we went to see people who are in warm places when it was cold where we live, it is now what my son knows to be true. It's what he knows to be a thing. It's what he knows to be something that happens when the weather gets cold here. So he has been telling everybody, everybody, his friends, his family members that we are going to a specific warm place. I find out about this because they're coming to me and saying, hey, where are you staying in December? Where are you staying? What do you mean where are we staying? Well, where are you staying when you're headed down to Florida? Oh, well, I don't have any plans to head down to Florida this year yet. I haven't even thought about it. I haven't even booked travel. I haven't even had time to get to it. But he's already got the plan in his head that this is what we're doing. Why? Because we've done it a couple of times. So this all comes about, of course, because when he was little and we were training his mind, teaching his mind to think beyond very specific limitations, here's what we would do. When you have to train what something is, you first, this is how we did it, it's called ABA or verbal behavior therapy. When he was little, we would, if we wanted him to know what a boat was, we would hold up a 2D picture of a boat and we would say boat. And we would show the picture, boat, this is a boat. What is this? That's right, it's a boat. What's a boat? Yep, point to the picture. That's right, that's a boat. We would pattern this in. We would create a new neural pathway for my son to understand what a boat was, something we called a boat, something that we spelled B-O-A-T. This is what's known as a boat. What does a boat do? It floats on the water. That's right. What floats on the water? A boat. Okay, so we would go for weeks on end just teaching the brain what a boat was. So once we mastered him understanding that a picture, a 2D picture of a boat is actually a boat, then we had to start to generalize that. Why? Because from now on, the only thing that will be a boat to my son is that one picture of that one boat. Okay, that's how specific and detailed the mind and the brain of someone with autism can be. Now, again, this is not true across the board. This is true in some cases, and it was true for my son. So we had to then, after he knew that one picture, what is a boat? That one picture of a boat is a boat. Then what we would have to do is we would have to say, guess what? This is also a boat, and this is also a boat, and here are all pictures of a boat. We would take all of these pictures of a sailboat, a rowboat, a ship, a speedboat, a canoe, a kayak, and we would place them all out, little pictures on the floor, and we would now categorize them under the umbrella of the big category of boat. But that took a little bit of time. This is called generalizing because he had to understand that a boat is many things now that float on the water. And so this is how we would train any specific given thing, a car, an automobile, a home, a building, a house. This is how we would start to train many, many things until his brain start started to comprehend and pick up the information that when I said this thing over here is a car, a car is something that travels on the roadway that has four wheels. Then he could start to generalize, well, cars come in different makes, models, and colors, and sizes. But it took years. It took years to teach his brain how to take one piece of information and generalize it across the board, across from a 2D picture of something, and then we would start getting 3D models. You know, we would have a little, we would have little 3D models of boats. So he could see that there was a top, a bottom, a front, a back, a side, 
right? That it was an actual object. Then we would go and we would find a boat, you know, we'd go to the lake during the summertime and find a boat. There's a boat, buddy. That's how it looks. It's on the water. See? Oh, there's another boat. It looks different, but it's still a boat. Why? That's right, because it floats on the water. So this takes years to really teach these brains how to grab a piece of information and generalize it. Nonetheless, when those neuropathways are created and those grooves are set, they become pretty solid. The same is true for anything that becomes a pattern. Those grooves get set and then the brain likes that feedback because it's what it knows. It's what it's it's what is familiar to it. So it becomes a thing. And then that brain really starts liking that piece of information that it knows that it's comfortable with. And so it may talk about it a lot. It may talk about it all the time. It may talk about it to the degree that you start getting real good and sick and tired of hearing about boats or that specific movie that they just absolutely love. My son loved specific characters as a kid. And even to this day, sometimes he will engage a feedback loop of a specific character from a specific movie and talk about it quite a bit. Now we can allow for some of that. We can engage some of that as well and say, yeah, oh man, I remember that. But what is going to be important to preserve your sanity, my dear sweet friend, is going to be to learn to engage a little bit of it and then redirect because that brain wants to stay stuck. Why? It's familiar. It's what it knows. These feedback loops pop up and they get a little bit stuck in that group. And it's a little more challenging for them to move off topic. So our job and our role can be to help assist in moving subjects or doing what's called a pattern disruptor or pattern interrupter where that feedback loop is there and they keep, they're talking about that same thing over and over and over again, going to that specific place when it's warm. Yep, we're going. Yep, we're going to go. Yep, we're getting ready to go. And instead of being frustrated and saying, would you quit talking about it already? A wiser way to handle that could be, and here's the invitation. The invitation is to engage what's called redirection redirect the activity, redirect the topic, redirect the information. So you could say, you know what, we'll do that if it works out. But today, here's what we're going to do today. What are we going to do today? That's right. We're going to do these three things today. And here's how you can help me today. And here's how I'll help you today. You're going to want to engage the technique called redirect. You're going to want to redirect that neural pathway and break called do it's called a pattern disruptor pattern interrupter and break the neural pathway and recreate a new pathway because when you've talked about something once twice three times now it's becoming a pattern loop and that's also called a self-stimulatory behavior where they're kind of getting this feedback and they want the feedback and they're struggling to move off of that specific subject or topic and so you can help them by doing what's called a redirect you can introduce another subject very quickly a subject of interest and then to make sure to generalize that subject of interest as well so if let's say your loved one is stuck on a particular movie and a scene from a movie and they're talking about it over and over and remember when such and such happened and remember you can say i sure do that was really cool yep what was your favorite thing about that and let them express it if they can. If they're unable to express what their favorite thing about it is, you could say, you know what my favorite thing was? My favorite thing was in the movie when the character did this and then they did that. 
What's another cool movie that you like? Let's think of another movie. And you're going to move the subject. You're just going to shift the subject to a different movie. Or, hey, what do you want for lunch today? Let's talk about what we think we want to make for lunch today. And when you disrupt the pattern, it stops the neural pathway and it unexpectedly disrupts that neural pattern. And that's important. We want to unexpectedly disrupt the pattern and shift it to something a little different. Because if you allow that feedback loop or that perseveration to go on, it doesn't get much better. So they can get stuck for a long period of time in that one subject matter and that one feedback loop. And it's not necessarily beneficial for them to be stuck on that either. So we want to disrupt that pattern. We want to acknowledge and engage what they're saying. And then we want to disrupt the pattern and shift topics. So one of the things I'm doing with my son, if he brings up going to that same, you know, warm weather place in the winter, I will say, I know that's something you really want to do. I'd like to do it too. But here's what we're going to do today. Today, we're going to do this, this, and this. And today, we're getting close to the first day of fall. So let's see how many different colors in the trees we can find. So, you know, it's, it's about quickly, as best you can, disrupting that pattern and moving into another subject matter. It'll help save your sanity and it'll help them move off that feedback loop, that preservative pattern, and into something different where they can really try to engage what's in front of them today. One of the things that people with autism and related conditions struggle with is being in the present moment. Their brains are often stuck in the past with situations and things that they know, or they can get stuck in something that they're anxious about that is going to happen in the future or something that they want to happen in the future, something that they enjoy that they want to do again. But one of the things that that seems to be challenging is to keep them here, to get them into this present moment, to get them right here, right now, because really the reality is there is only ever and always the present moment. Yesterday doesn't exist. Tomorrow doesn't exist. It's always only this moment. It's now, and now, and now. So that's a very esoteric concept. It's an abstract concept that is not favorable to a mind with autism, for example, or a brain that functions differently. But you and I know that. We know that now is the moment that matters the most. So if you can, the invitation is to bring your loved one into the now Help them experience the now. What do you see right now in the sky? What's up there? Wow, what color is the sky? Hey, what color is that tree? It's green, but it's turning a little bit yellow. Isn't that crazy? Or hey, what song should we listen to right now? Do you want to dance a little bit with me? I think we could find a brand new song that talks about the sunshine. Or let's find your favorite song on iTunes. Let's find your favorite song on Spotify. Let's listen to your favorite song and see if we can find a brand new way to dance to it. These are ways you can move them out of that loop, save your own sanity, and help their brain come into the beautiful present moment. It doesn't always work seamlessly, but it's just an idea for you today, my dear sweet friend. And again, of course, we're on this journey together, learning as we go. Thank you again for your time today. And as always, I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to The Stephanie Stevens Show. Please remember to subscribe so we can stay connected and you never miss an episode of the podcast. 
Oh, and if you haven't left a rating yet, please be sure to do so. It helps incredible people like you find the podcast. We'll see you on the next episode.